and I'm Jess, and this is the Book Boyfriend Project. Today is our, I don't know if it's long anticipated, it's long anticipated for us, review of A Court of Silver Flames. Yep, I am, uh, so let's start by talking about how the book is set up. Mm-hmm. It is set up so that you have four parts, mm-hmm. um, Okay, so part one is novice, part two is blade, part three is Valkyrie, and part four is Ataraxia, and this book is about 756 pages long. By far the longest book we've ever attempted to review. So, depending on how long this check-in and the next check-in happen... This might end up being two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a monster of a book, and we've got a lot of thoughts to share with you guys on it. Yes, we do. So, what we decided to do is potentially do our check-ins as part one and part two, part three and part four, and so on. Uh, so, we finished part one, mm-hmm. and I gotta say, If you guys have listened to any of my comments about A Court of Thorns and Roses over the past few months, since I first started, like, listening and obsessing over this series Mm -hmm. and this world and these characters, I've disliked Nesta Archeron, which is the main character of A Court of Silver Flames. She is the older sister of the main protagonist in the first trilogy, Mm -hmm. Farah, and I kind of hated her throughout the entire thing. She got, like, marginally better and had, like, a very minor redemption arc in the third book. Mm -hmm. And so I was excited for this book. I was excited to explore Nesta and really get to know and potentially fall in love with her and for her to have, her to continue that redemption arc. Mm -hmm. But after the disaster that was A Court of Frost and Starlight, with Nesta's behavior, not the book itself, the book itself was magical. Lovely. Um, but Nesta was a disaster, mm-hmm. and she was rude and condescending, and completely did a total 180 from the very minor redemption arc that she had, mm-hmm. and I hated her, and I was very excited to return to these characters, but very unenthused to have it happen through Nesta's viewpoint. Oh, I would absolutely agree. I remember the first part of this book... That's just very whiny for the first part of this book, honestly, you guys. Um, like the first 150 pages. Oh, yeah. We're at about 230, 270 pages right now. Yes. Just slowly getting better. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Yeah, but at the beginning, um, we have, you know, those characters that we love so much from The Chorus and Rose. There's Feyre, there's Reese, there's Cassian, there's Azrael. There's Amran, there's Moore, there's Elaine. Yes. And I was kind of like, when we were taken away from them, I was like, wait, no. Come back. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, are you ready to dive in? Yes, I am. Okay. So, this book starts off with, I believe, Nesta. Yep. Her point of view. It's a duology mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. Cassian and Nesta, which is lovely. I love getting Cassian's point of view. I know. Cassian's just a beautiful, beautiful man. Mm-hmm. And if you guys love Cassian and Az as much as we do, um, we actually did a book boyfriend battle on them. It was our Christmas edition, so definitely, like, scroll back through and check that episode out. It was by far my favorite book boyfriend battle that we've done so far. 
<laughs> this is very true. Uh, so we start out from Nesta's point of view. She has been out partying. Her mm-hmm. kind of prerogative for the past few months, I believe it's been, I think they said like 16 or 18 months since oh, yeah. uh, the war with Hyburn, like that battlefield day with Hyburn mm-hmm. um, was kind of concluded. And so for the past 18 months, Nesta has... She moved into this ramshackle apartment, and she's basically been going out every night, getting drunk, and having sex with a random stranger, mm-hmm. and she's basically doing this to kind of drown out her thoughts. She doesn't want to deal with the grief and the, like, conflicting emotions that she has with what her father said to her mm-hmm. right before he died and how he always loved her even though she always thought that he, she he hated her mm-hmm. so she doesn't want to deal with that she doesn't want to deal with the other events on the battlefield that day mm-hmm. with her saving Cassian and the rest of his like soldiers being obliterated by the cauldron's power mm-hmm. so pretty clearly right off the bat she has like some PTSD right now yeah she, she's dealing with a lot of that and a lot of mm-hmm. maybe depression yeah, definitely. They're kind of a little... They're very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that she's kind of dealing with is Nesta still has her power from the cauldron, mm-hmm. but she is not acknowledging it. She's very much trying to stifle it, and I feel like that's going to end up being very bad, and she's going to have a blowout with it. Oh, yeah. And she's not learning to control it at all. Her and Amran were actually having some magic lessons but there was apparently a party on a barge Mm -hmm. and her and Amran got into a yet to be disclosed blowout argument Mm -hmm. and so she kind of cut off all ties Mm -hmm. with everyone but at the entrance of this book Cassian has been kind of sent to drag her to Farah and Reese's new river side castle mansion mansion I love manor so thing I don't know the way that they describe this I just I want to be there I want it to be like a destination mm-hmm. and I ugh. that's our million dollar Airbnb we make Reese's and Farah's riverside home <laughs> that's it right there yeah definitely comment you guys if you would like do that if you would go to that would you like want your like favorite houses from like different series or especially this series and with all of its magical houses would you want that type of experience is that something that you would pay to go have I know Sid and I would I don't know of a book lover that wouldn't but (laughs) definitely yeah tell us about that let us know if we're not alone um so Cassian Cassian shows up to grab Nesta she's like wearing a man's shirt and no pants and she's like super skinny and disheveled and he's like you have two hours to be ready and kick that dude out of your bed i'll be back in an hour to collect you and of course nesta like kind of throws a hissy fit slams the door kicks the dude out from last night and she gets in this bath and she's cleaning herself up and at this point she kind of reveals that for months after the cauldron and being submerged into that to be turned into a buffet um she's had like severe anxiety around being submerged in like even just a tub of water Mm -hmm. but she does reveal that she forced herself to sit in cold water for varying lengths of time so that she could get over that anxiety and for her to be able to do that and for her to kind of 
get over that like sens sensory that like physical anxiety it makes me very upset that she's not taking the same approach with attempting to deal with her like mental mm -hmm. instability and her mental like flashbacks and everything because like clearly she recognizes that this is not normal behavior and she recognizes that this isn't healthy and that she does need to do something to help herself but she's just refusing to and she's flat out like trying to wreck her life basically mm -hmm. yeah she's cut off like just said cut off pretty much all ties to anyone who might help her reese keeps offering her jobs in the court but she doesn't want his pity jobs um so at this point Cass returns and he brings her tea because she looks like shit to be quite honest and I have a man that brings me tea when i look like shit <laughs> that's your dream dress yeah it's a good dream it's a good dream it is um, so Cassian returns, and he kind of starts, like, nitpicking her apartment. Like, everything's a mess. Why do you still live here? Blah, blah, blah. As he kind of ushers her out the door. Mm -hmm. So they head to Reese and Feyre's river house. And uh. it's described as being, like, very elegant, but also, like, very inviting and cozy. Mm -hmm. Which I love. Because part of me, when we were first introduced to the night court, I imagined it being very, like, unapproachable. Not, like, cozy and inviting. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I don't know, I have questions about what Reese's, I mean, I guess his townhome was kind of comfy and cozy, too. Mm -hmm. I wondered if that was, like, something that Feyre introduced, but not really. Mm -mm. Maybe she added the elegance with her artist touch. Mm -hmm. I just want to see this house so bad. <laughs> I think it's very, like, I think the reason why it's described as elegant and very big is because of the fact that when we had A Court of Frost and Starlight, and when we had that, it was very much, like, the townhome was too small for them and yeah. their family and yeah. so i think it had to be bigger and it had to grow as so that they could make this their base oh, because they don't want to have their base in the house of wind mm -hmm. where it was naturally designed for the high lord to have his base and have his home in the house of wind mm -hmm. um because it's so isolated and that's just not how reese rolls yeah, that's not how Reese rolls. It's not what they like. Mm -hmm. And it's not what Farah really wants. She wants to be, like, near the town center and such, which is what the River Place gives them. Yeah. Um. So, Cassian and Nesta go. He takes her to this, like, study meeting room mm -hmm. thing. And we have, you know, it's it kind of describes them as being set up for the only place that Nesta can really sit down is next to Farah. Mm -hmm. And so then Farah kind of explains, like, hey, you're out of control, we're packing your shit up, we're moving you to the House of Wind, and you're gonna start training with Cassian for, you know, in the morning, you're gonna have lunch, and then you're gonna go work in the library. Okay. And if you guys don't remember the library, it is um, this place that Reese has designed as a sanctuary for women and priestesses. That have been abused by men whether it be sexually whether it be physically whether it be i think mentally as well mm -hmm. and just the different horrors that these women have potentially lived through and he just makes it this safe space where no one is allowed to go without their permission and so he's gotten permission from them for her to work in the library and to kind of just shelve books and such and so they're very much like, this is what you're doing. Elaine is packing your shit. Like, yeah. you don't have a choice. Yeah. So, of course, Nesta throws a bitch fit. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm not doing it. And she, and then Farrah, like, puts her foot down. And she's like, well, it's either you do that or we drop you off in the human lands. Your mm -hmm. choice. Yeah. 
And even though there's no wall anymore at this point, they're still not, like... The humans and Faye don't have good relations right now. Mm -hmm. She would probably be hunted and killed in the human lands. Yeah, like, no one would take her in. Even though she was previously human, no one's going to really recognize or acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And so, this was just, like, a really proud moment for me. When Farah like, stood up to Nesta, and when she was, like, you know, putting her foot down, she's like, you're going to get better, you're going to do this, or mm-hmm. I'm done with you. Like, I'm not keeping you here and supporting you anymore for Elaine. And yeah. she's already talked to Elaine about this, and Elaine agrees. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this really hurts Nesta, because Nesta and Elaine have this really, they've always had a special bond. Nesta's always been very protective of her. She's never really cared about Farah. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And now it's like Elaine is choosing Farah. Yeah. Which also really hurts her. And it's... See, but I didn't get that, because Nesta's pushed everyone away. So, like, why are you acting all butthurt because Elaine is getting closer to her other sister when you've, like, basically told her that you want nothing to do with her? Like, I don't... I don't know. I feel like I get it, but I can't explain it. I don't... I don't understand. She's just a little... I don't know. I feel like it's just because I feel like the the bond with Elaine is something that she's always been able to count on, like, her entire life. Mm-hmm. And now it's just gone, and now she's just completely spiraling because she has nothing to really, like, hold her down. Yeah, but she's the one that destroyed the bond with Elaine. That's true. Yep. So, obviously, she ends up going to the House of Wind, mm-hmm. and they let her settle in, and she kind of just sleeps for the night. And at this point, we're at Cassian's point of view, and he is talking to Reese, and Reese is, you know, basically telling him good job for getting the Illyrians in order, and he's like, I want you to start taking on more responsibility and such, mm-hmm. and he's like, I need you to deal with the human queens. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Go figure it out and go deal with it. And Cass is like, but I'm that, not a courtier. Isn't that Az's job? <laughs> and... He's like, Az has got, like, a lot going on right now, and Which, I'm... Which, what does Az have going on? Yeah, like... That's said, like, several times in this first chapter. I'm like, what is happening? See, the only thing I can think of is that he is, um, like, organizing and managing all of his, like, little, like, spy peoples mm-hmm. to spy on, like, Valahan mm-hmm. and, like, the other like, outskirting territories from Prithian, like, the other Fey territories, to make sure that they're not, like, colluding and attempting to, like, start a war for more territory like Baron is. Yeah. The only thing I can think is, like, they're doing that. And I think there... I don't know if there's something going on between, like, him and Elaine, or if there's something... What is happening there? I need to know. I need to know what's going on with Elaine, because it's described... Because Lucian is supposed to be Elaine's mate. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lucian is basically living in the human world, like, the human lands with Jurian and with Vasa, mm-hmm. the, um... The Phoenix Queen. The Phoenix Queen, yeah. So he's basically living over there, so obviously Lucian and Elaine aren't together. Yeah. Um. Azriel and Elaine are together-ish. It's yet to be it's well, yet to like, be made known. Not like together together, but like in the same area. Mm-hmm. So they totally could be together. They totally could. I don't know because you would think like dealing with the human queens and dealing with this ongoing threat 
would be Az's main priority. So know, what is more what is important? Happening? What's more important than the human queens that Az is having to deal with? I don't know. I need answers, mm-hmm. Mass. I need answers, Sarah J. Yes. Need Tell answers, us, please. So, um, Reese assigns Cass to have more responsibility, and then um, Cassian takes Nesta to the House of Wind <laughs> because he's also going to stay with there, stay there with her, along with Az. So he tries to get her to eat before she rests, but she just straight up refuses, and she says that she hasn't had an appetite since the war, which is just further evidence that she needs therapy. Yeah. Very badly. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Cassian meets more at a cafe to talk. Um, he says that, you know, everything going on with Nesta really pains him, even though he, like, doesn't take Nesta's shit, he still feels really bad about it, everything. Um, and I think this is kind of important important because to me it wasn't described as the fact that she's in pain and she's like wrecking herself is what pains him it sounded more like the fact that this was paining Farah. I think it's both I think I mean yes it's probably both but it was more like how it was affecting Farah and how it was affecting Reese Mm -hmm. that it came off to me at least yeah I think that's Part of it in the beginning when he thinks that she's just being like ridiculously destructive and he doesn't really see the problem underneath mm-hmm. all of that destructive behavior but yeah i would agree um so cassian asked more how her trip to valahan Va- valahan went we're going um, with valahan yeah maybe i want it to be valhalla i do too what is that from that's it's from it's 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 a disney movie <gasps> is it Frozen? No. No, that's Atta Holland. <laughs> Valhalla is, you know, like the, like Thor and Odin. Oh. It's from the North myth- Norse mythology. It's okay. where the honorable warriors go, and it's where the Valkyries take them. Oh. The Valkyries will take them to Valhalla. Gotcha. Okay. Valahan. Um, so Moore has been kind of acting as an emissary, and they don't want to sign the new treaty that has been created. Um, Cass suggests that Vasa might be a possible solution to their lack of intelligence on the human queens, and, like, maybe they should ask Lucian, but Moore says that Lucian can't be trusted because he's closer with Vasa and Jorian than, like, with the rest of the Fae, so, like, that might be where his true allegiance lies, Mm -hmm. anyways. Yeah. So, Nesta wakes up later, and she's in a panic because she, like, doesn't know where she's at, and she's kind of, like, laying in bed and reflecting on her relationship with her mother. I feel like she does this a lot in this book, and it's not something that Feyre really does a lot. She's more, reflects more on her relationship with her father, um, mm-hmm. so it's, it was interesting to learn a bit more about their mother. So, mm-hmm. she says that her mother once said that Elaine would marry for love, and that Nesta would marry to conquer, or to gain more power. <laughs> and Nesta's like, oh, she would be so disappointed in me that I almost married a woodcutter's son, which I had no idea that she was, like, almost married off. I thought that was Elaine. Both of them did, because oh. bef- in the very beginning of the first book, before... Farah is taken, Nesta is considering a proposal from Thomas. Oh. And okay. Thomas's father is abuses his wife oh. and is a drunk, and Farah is very much against Nesta being with Thomas, and she tries to tell her that a couple like a couple different times in the very beginning of that book. 
and Nesta's like, you, like, you don't have any say over me. Gotcha. I guess I thing. forgot about that. Um, so then it switches to Cassian's perspective, and he says he wakes up when As gets home, and he's like, I don't know, I, I love their relationship so much. Like, it's so mm -hmm. cute. They have adjoining bedrooms. There's, like, a sitting room between them, mm -hmm. which is so cute. <laughs> it makes me so, so happy, and I just... I've been spending a lot of time on Zillow, guys, <laughs> and I want to buy a house. Dude, same. And, like, there's also, like, a lot of plots of land around where we live that are for sale, and I'm like, why not just buy a plot of land and build my perfect house? But, like, early 20s, and I don't have the down payment <laughs> for that kind of I don't have the funds for that kind of down payment. We'll get there. So, like... Down the line. Down the line. I've got a Pinterest board full of <laughs> ideas. Same. Um, so, Cassian says that he's been super jumpy since Hibern attacked the city, and he's got, like, weapons hid in his room, and he's like, you know what? Between, like, Reese, Moore, Cassian, and Asriel, like, we've probably got an arsenal hidden in the house. Um, so, Reese, like mind messages him and he's like hey you good Cassian's like yeah I'm good I'll check in with you tomorrow night after I train with Nesta so the next day at breakfast Cassian gives Nesta a nutrition lesson because she's like I'm not eating this slop for breakfast it sounds like it's like plain oatmeal mm -hmm. and like porridge and there's porridge and eggs so I was imagining like imagining like scrambled eggs in one bowl and plain oatmeal in another yeah and, like, water. Yeah. That does not sound super appetizing. Mm-mm. -uh. So, Nesta basically spite eats her breakfast, so Cassian will stop telling her that she's going to be starving all day. Oh, yeah, because, like, Cassian's like, I'll make you a deal. Mm -hmm. You eat all of that, and I won't give you, like, judgment. Like, I'll shut up. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like that's the only way you get Nesta to do literally anything. Yeah, like, you have to dangle a freaking carrot in front of her face. Yeah. So, and she's basically like, well, training is not a one-way ticket for you into my bed. And he's like, nope, you'll be climbing into mine, which I really liked. I thought that was very funny. Mm -hmm. So, we end up going to Windhaven, the mm -hmm. Illyrian training camp. And, you know, the Illyrians have recently almost had an uprising. Mm -hmm. And so, like, Cassian takes Nesta there and... He's like, okay, let's train. And she's like, nah, fam, and plops her ass on a stone. Mm -hmm. She and then, totally humiliates him. <laughs> yeah, she totally humiliates him. And then this goes on for, like, a week. Mm -hmm. They t go to train mm -hmm. at Windhaven. Mm -hmm. She just plops her ass on the stone. That's training for a week. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why? You're being the worst. Like, she's literally the worst. Mm -hmm. So, Other things happen, but, like, that's how training goes. Like, yes. that's... Yeah. yeah. I thought it was also... I mean, I know we've seen bits and pieces of the Illyrians before, but um, when Nesta arrives, they don't like Nesta because Nesta is, like, unnatural. She was made. And she has a strange power that they don't understand. And they say there's something about... Something along the lines of, like, if she uses our weapons, we must bury them when she's done with them because, like, they have some really backwards ideas about women. Mm -hmm. or females it's so weird in this book they call like men and well i mean because they're not humans but like for men and women they say like male and females and i feel like it takes me back to like biology class or something mm -hmm. but tamlin 
and the first book has a discussion with Farah about it. Like, That's you true. can't call like a male a man because he's not a man, and he'll take offense to that. Like, the Fae will take offense to being called. That's true. Women, women, or yeah. male. Yeah, it's just yeah. been a while since I've read those things. Like, sorry. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they kind of they avoid <coughs> Nesta. They like, and then one of them was like, if she's bleeding, then we have to burn the weapons or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but later on in this, like, portion when they're talking about Cassian and his mom or whatever, they he actually explains, like, it's not because of Nesta, it's because it's just women, like, general. it's just women in general. Like, yeah. if they touch the weapons, they want to bury them, so they're, like, cleansing them. Yeah. And, like, cleansing them of their, like, womanly spirit or some shit. I don't yeah. know. Which is ridiculous. But the Illyrian? irritate me they're kind of the worst they are the worst for a while i I thought they were gonna be like a huge focus in this novel and i was kind of irritated because i kind of can't stand them no um so basically we have nesta doing her stuff Mm -hmm. she's being a brat Mm -hmm. uh she goes to the library and she trains a bit i mean not trains she shelves books and she meets gwen Mm mm-hmm or Gwyn, I don't know. It's G W I Y N. So I want to say I, her full name's like Gwyneth. Yeah, I think it's Gwyneth. Like so I, I, we're going with Gwen, yeah. and she is a priestess that is assigned to help another priestess with research. And so we get to know her, and she's kind of bubbly, and then like she has she's these moments of like, she has like these moments of like haunted, shadowy, whatever, and mm-hmm. she's. Like, she basically doesn't take Nesta's shit. I love her. And she's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And I want to note another thing, too. Um, throughout this entire book, but it starts in the library, Nesta does a lot of, like, negative self-talk. Like, so many times she says to herself, like, I'm worthless. Why are these people even trying? Mm-hmm. Like, don't waste your breath on me, basically. Which, honestly, it makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like... On one hand, like, I absolutely abhor Nesta. On the other hand, I just feel so bad for her. Mm-hmm. I feel like we needed this book to see what her thoughts were. Because her outward behavior is just deeply infuriating. But, like, mm-hmm. inside, she's just broken in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I think it was even before the war with Hyburn. Oh, yeah. And it was, like, it that was kind of just, like, the breaking point. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so she finishes her duties at the library, and usually she heads back to the house for dinner. Sometimes she dines with Cassie, and sometimes she dines with As. The house, like, magically brings her food. And the first night she's there, she's, like, wine to her cup, and it fills with water. And this deeply infuriates her. So, the House of Wind is built into a mountainside, and in order to get to the House of Wind, you either have to fly there, Mm -hmm. you have to winnow in and fall to, like, the balcony or whatever, because you're not allowed to, like, winnow into the actual house. You have to winnow, like, above, like, the little, like, protection-y force field thing. It's kind of like... And drop. It's kind of like in Hogwarts, how you can't, like, apparate into Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, so... Or, you go up or down this flight of 10,000 stairs. Mm -hmm. So... When Nesta is feeling overly emotional throughout this book, she starts heading down the stairs. Which I kind of love. I love, at first I was kind of like, is she just going to do this every night to try to go to the bars and, like, 
find more men to sleep with or males to sleep with, but See. I love how this has been used in the book. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, she starts using it as, like, a thinking time, and the first night, she's very determined. She's like, 10,000 steps is nothing. I can do it. <laughs> she makes it, like, I'm fake. I think she makes it to 132, and then she, like, like turns that. back around. Yeah, she's, like, dying. <laughs> Yeah, and she's, like, dying, and then, like, the next day, she can barely move, and it's great, and so she just continuously attempts to do this over and over throughout this, like, 270 pages, Mm -hmm. and it's just phenomenal. I love it. It really is. Um, I feel like we're doing a terrible job of telling this story chronologically. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like it's more fun to tell it it unchronologically, because there's just so much that happens and interconnects that it's easier to explain it kind of in pieces than it is to explain it all at once. Yeah. So, since training was such a bust with Nesta, this is back to the first day, um, Cassian heads over to Lucian to see if he can talk with Vasa, and he gets there, and Eris is there. Eris is part of the Autumn Court, and he's the male who, like nailed more with like a note or something mm, he didn't nail her oh, he didn't nail her but he was he, supposed to, marry he was her. supposed to marry her but because she slept with cassian and basically like gave her virginity to cassian her like heiress wouldn't marry her anymore because she'd been tainted and basically, so her father basically like abused her and nailed like a note to her abdomen like she's your problem now basically so yeah that's very traumatic for more and i need a story on more yes more has a lot of things to unpack yep um so cassian already hates eris eris had a slight redemption arc in i think in the last book right mm-hmm. it was in the last book or the second to last book where he like offered his services and he's like, you know what, I will, like, support you and I'll get my dad to ally with you. All I ask in return is that you support me as the High Lord when, you know, my father dies or I, you know, kill my father or something like that, basically. Yeah. Like, you support my reign as High Lord yeah. when I'm, you know, the High Lord. Yeah. So, Cassian's, like, trying to put on a good face because Reese is like, like, you need to step up, dude, and be, like, more of a political figure instead of just, like, my general... And Eris reveals that an entire troop of his soldiers disappeared while they were patrolling, and, like, there was this weird smell left behind, and no one can figure out why the humans would have taken Eris's troops, and that's kind of left dangling for now. We'll revisit it later. hmm So, they basically talk about Brielin, which is the like, youngest queen of the human queens, and she was put into the cauldron to be made She really, like, threw herself into the cauldron. Yeah, she was put in, she, like, put herself in the cauldron to be made a high fae, and that was right after Nesta had stolen her power from the cauldron, Mm -hmm. and so the cauldron was very angry, and it made her into an old crone, Mm -hmm. and so we learn that Brielin has like, all of the other queens have basically fled their shared castle, Mm -hmm. and Brielin is kind of there, and she has made an alliance with Baron, and Baron, which is the Autumn High Lord, is, like, siding with her, and... He's agreed to give her troops for for, whatever she's planning. Yeah, and she wants to, you know, 
re-incite a war and later on we learn that she is partnering with Koshi which is the death lord that holds Vasa's like enslavement and has Vasa being a phoenix basically by day and a queen by night mm -hmm. so we learn that that's kind of happening mm -hmm. and so just as Cass is leaving Eris is like I want to know like what you're looking for like keep me informed I want to be in on this with you and he really wants to use this edge whatever Cassian's looking for to try to overthrow his father and mm -hmm. seize that power um, so Eris reveals that his father had a meeting with the queen about a month ago and that the soldiers that disappeared were the soldiers that accompanied his father on that trip. So, like, obviously they knew something they weren't supposed to know. Mm -hmm. So now they've disappeared. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't on the trip that they disappeared. It was after the trip. Yes. So, I don't, I don't know. Take, make of that what you will. We're not really sure what's happening quite yet. Mm-hmm. So Cassian returns, reports to Reese, and Reese is like, okay, so I want you to, like, be in touch with Eris, keep him informed with what's happening, and Cassian's like, ugh, fine. Mm -hmm. And Nesta is, so at this point, when Cassian returns to the House of Wind, Nesta is, like, dragging herself up the stairs, and she's just furious that Cassian has witnessed this moment of weakness of hers, because, like, it's not her jam. And, and by dragging herself up the stairs, we mean she's, like, literally, literally crawling. Literally. Like, I think it was the last 20 steps she had to crawl up because mm -hmm. she is so out of shape. She's, the way that they describe her is, like, she's basically skin and bones because she doesn't eat enough. She's always drinking alcohol. And I imagined her kind of looking like a meth addict. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, like, a healthy meth addict. I don't, is that, I feel like that's an oxymoron. See, yeah, but, like, when I picture a meth addict, like, I see, like, really dark circles underneath their eyes mm -hmm. and just, like, very pale and kind of clammy skin. Yeah. But because she's a high fae, I feel like her regenerative properties would keep her from having, like, the dark under eye circles. So I just imagine, like, her body having eaten away at itself. True. True. And her just being, like, skin and bones, but, like healthy looking okay <laughs> if that makes any sense yeah so Cassian helps her inside and is like if you don't want to be so weak you need to train so she continues to refuse to train um and she I feel like we've kind of glossed over these parts mm -hmm. so then at one point during this first week she Cassian has to have a meeting with the other Illyrians and basically is like you can stay in the house or you can go visit the shops and she goes and visits this one shop where this um, female Illyrian who we met in the previous book um, mm -hmm. I forget what her name is Emery Emery so Emery runs a shop she's the only female that has that pleasure mm -hmm. and she I forget why, but she had her wings cut off by just, her father. It was just because her father didn't, he wasn't adhering with the new rules of mm -hmm. no wing quick clipping. Wait, that used to be, like, a, did I forget that? I don't that? know if that was just a rule or so much, like, as a tradition. Did like I forget? Like a deeply ingrained tradition. Did I forget that they did that to all of their females? I think so. Did they? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I thought it was only when they were, like, 
disobeying or like no, when no, they no, tried no. to have sex out of wedlock or something. No, it's all females, no wings, no flying. Oh my god, I'm so much more horrified by this culture. Yeah. I didn't know it was possible, but that is horrifying. Yeah. So, Nesta goes into her shop, and she's like, hey, do you have any warmer fighting leathers? Because she's freezing her butt off up in the mountains here. And she's only freezing her butt off because the way that these Illyrian leathers, I feel like, are designed, are designed to, like, almost be, like, very flexible, movable armor Mm -hmm. to keep you warm in, like, the temperatures, but not to keep you warm if you're just sitting on your ass not doing anything. I imagine them as, like... The Akatar equivalent of Nike dry fit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not an accurate comparison? I just feel like they're meant for you to move around in, but keep you warm, but not overheat you. I guess. <laughs> um, so Nesta's inquiring about them, and Emery's like, Well, I don't have any here, but I could inquire about getting you some. And Nesta's like, I don't have any, you know. Way to Funds. pay for them. And Emery's like, you know what? I'll still check around for you. Emery is good. I kind of hope we see more of Emery. I think we will. Um, see, but the way that they describe this scene and the way that Nesta kind of presents her predicament is very much like... Because I feel like Emery is predisposed to dislike Reese and Cassian. And I feel like the way that Nesta presents this situation... Like, well, and she, like, Emery's like, well, aren't you the high lady's sister? And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I've been cut off. Yeah. And I feel like Emery is like, oh, like, they're gonna just cut off their family kind of thing. See, I didn't, and, like, I didn't get that vibe because I feel like Emery has a good relationship with Cassian because didn't, I remember in the last book, Cassian came in and, like, bought out her entire stock. Yeah, I remember that, but I don't. I don't know. I very much got the vibe that, like, she doesn't like the High Lord. Possibly. I don't know. I guess we'll find out later. Yeah. Um, so she heads to the library, does her usual thing. She heads back up to the house and eats soup and cake for dinner. Cassian comes in and teases her about talking to the house because she, like, she does talk to the house. I have a lot of, I have a theory about the house. I, what's your theory? I feel like See, now I wish I would have reread um, A Court of Mist and Fury before I read this book because I can't remember when Feyre was in the House of Wind how she interacted with him because my theory is that it's Reese because he's the only one that we've ever met that has that level of power to just, like, mm-hmm. make things appear. <laughs> but also, I don't think Reese would be that nice to Nesta. He especially wouldn't be delivering her the smutty books that the house delivers. Yes. Oh my god. The house delivers Nesta, like, smutty romance novels. Which just makes me really happy. It makes me really happy, too. Um, So later that night, Nesta has a nightmare and rips out of the house of wind in need of a drink. She goes down the steps once again. And she falls this time. And she actually, like, activates her power somehow. And she, like creates like finger indents in the rock which kind of freaks her out because she's been trying so hard to suppress this power mm-hmm. so <laughs> which i have a theory about this whole like suppressing her power thing and i think it's gonna blow up in her face oh absolutely and she's going to end up hurting i think she's gonna end up hurting elaine with it because she's stifling it so much and like she's not like using it and 
power left under wraps and not used for too long is definitely going to become very volatile, even if it isn't already. Mm-hmm. And the more volatile her emotions get, the more volatile this is going to get. Mm-hmm. So Cassian sees her fall down the stairs, and he's like, you're losing your fight with the stairs. And he says, you might as well, you know, like, do some training, because then you can say those bruises are from training and not falling down the stairs. And this is an olive branch that he's giving her, and she just, like, lights it on fire. Mm-hmm. Without a second thought. Yeah, she very much, she, like, has these inner monologues where she's, like, she's, like, I don't want to be mean, but also, and then she, like, starts talking, and she basically, like, destroys their hope, their dreams, and she's just, like, a little viper with her tongue. She is. Oh, my goodness. So, the next day, um, after the library, Nesta wants to escape to the private library within the House of Wind for dinner, but the house won't let her in which is funny, it forces her to go eat with Cassian and Asriel, and as asks her why she won't train, and she's like, I hate the Illyrian village, and then she starts to insult Reese, and everyone is pissed, and Cassian's like, I'm done with you for tonight, I've reached my limit, because he will not sit there and let her insult Reese. Mm-hmm. And I love the protective way that they treat, like, Reese. In, um, like, in the other Akatar books, it never really... I never really felt like they treated him like a high lord. They don't. But, like, in private with other people, they definitely do. Like, they definitely respect his power and his position and call him, and, like, he's their high lord yeah. with everyone else. Like, when they're alone with he's him, their he's their brother, but, like, they respect him and give him the respect and defend him as a high lord should be. Mm-hmm. Like, respect and defended. Mm-hmm. So Cassian flies off to the roof to cool down and Favor joins him. She tells him how her mother only cared for Nesta and kind of let everyone know that and how their relationship kind of deteriorated in the cottage, Nesta's relationship with her sisters and her father. And then Cassian has an idea about how to train Nesta based on what she said. He's like, wait, she just hates the Illyrian village. So the next day he offers to train her at the House of Wind. He didn't really offer. He's like, yeah, we're training here because no one can win us to Windhaven. True. So he makes a bargain with her in exchange for one hour of training. So if she trains for one hour, he will give her any favor that she wants, which is a dangerous game. Like a favor of any size. And they make, and it's not like a bargain, like they like compromise and they're like, oh, well, I'll give you a favor. It's a fey bargain. bargain. Like Reese and Farrah had. Sealed in ink. So, like, the tat- the magical tattoo, and the way that they describe this, I want to make a fey bargain just so I can get one of these pretty <laughs> tattoos, because the way that they do, they describe this is it's like an, it's like an eight or nine pointed star on their back, mm-hmm. and it's just, it sounds so beautiful, and I just, I want one of these tattoos. Mm-hmm. So, they start with training, and they start with, like, balance exercises, and breathing, and, like, stretching and now I'm just imagining Cassian doing yoga and it's adorable. I love it. And so they have this hour of training and then they end up doing a second hour and you know this just kind of becomes their pattern Mm -hmm. and she actually starts training and she's you know she starts getting better and I think it's like two weeks worth of training that we get. Mm -hmm. So this entire like 270 pages has only covered three weeks because like the first week 
she doesn't train at all she kind of ignores everyone she doesn't do anything and then the next two weeks she actually trains every morning and she goes to the library and she does that sometimes she'll go back to the library like if she's very emotional she'll go back to the library and do that mm -hmm. and then she starts she gets this idea into her head that she wants to give the other women an outlet like after she's had some training and she's started to kind of feel the effects of having that training every morning mm -hmm. she gets it into her head to bring up and ask Clotho, which is the high priestess basically who's in charge of the library, mm -hmm. if she can put a sign-up sheet for other people to join her to train with Cassian. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is kind of Nesta's attempt to redeem herself mm -hmm. because she takes it really, really hard when like no one signs up for like mm -hmm. days on end. Yeah, so I think she puts this sign-up sheet on and towards the end of the first week of her training and I think it's towards the end of the second week or like halfway through the second or like it's at the end of the second week or like halfway into the third week before anyone signs up mm -hmm. the first person signs up at the very end of this first part mm -hmm. which just makes me super happy yes and we might as well say Gwen is the first person to sign up um, I mean I thought that went without saying like oh, she's true. the only one true uh, Nessa and Gwen have kind of a budding friendship, I would say. Mm -hmm. They talk sometimes in the library, and they had this exchange. Gwen was searching for the specific book for her mentor, Meryl, which sounds I like this love... crazy, nutty professor woman. It sounds like this crazy, nutty professor woman, but then when Nesta meets her, she describes her as very young and beautiful looking. Mm -hmm. Like, she puts more to shame with her beauty. Mm -hmm. And... The way that she finds this book is she's like, well, Gwen comes over and she's like, yeah, like, I'm looking for this book. It's not on its shelf in its place. And I gave Meryl the wrong edition of the book and she's going to be furious with me and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so, like, Gwen, like, walks away and then Nesta, like, looks up at the ceiling and she's like, hey, can you get a book for me? <laughs> to the and house. Then, <laughs> to the house. And the house, like, plops the book on her desk. Mm-hmm. And so it's just wonderful. It is. So Nesta takes it to Meryl's office. She does the switcheroo. She kind of plays dumb. And Meryl's like, what are you doing here? And Nesta's like, um, I'm looking for Rosalie. And Meryl's like, this is the wrong office. And so while she's distracted, she does the switcheroo. And Gwen is super grateful for that because Meryl is apparently like a demon woman. Mm-hmm. Demon fae. Yep. And so then... Another part of their budding friendship is, so there are levels going, they're basically subterranean levels, so, like, one is, like, the, basically, like, the highest level of the basement, and then going, like, farther down, like, two, three, four, and it's, like, going downwards, mm -hmm. the higher the number, the lower into the ground it goes, and so Bright Axis, the, like, form of fear that helps them defeat Hybern in the war that used to dwell at the bottom of the library at like the lowest depths of the levels and kind of made the darkness kind of more mm -hmm. is apparently not in the library anymore Braxis is loose on the world because you know he's apparently loose on the world or whatever mm -hmm. but my thought is that Braxis 
just kind of winnowed back into the bottom of the library mm-hmm. with no one the wiser because, like, Reese and Farrah can't find Briaxis anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I feel like he somehow, like, bypassed Reese's security and stuff mm-hmm. and no one knows he's down there. I don't know. I would be interested to see if that's true because I feel like I feel like Braxis is gonna come out in this book or if she's writing another book. I was on Instagram yesterday and someone said that it sounds like there's going to be another book, whether it's Nesta and Cassian or Elaine and Azrael, I don't know. But I'm thinking that they're going to Braxis is going to play a role in this book or the next book because like they won't shut up about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they keep like mentioning Braxis and so I'm like, mm. but no, so. Um, she has this moment where she's supposed to take a book and reshelve it on, like, level six or something, mm-hmm. and she's, like, attempting to, like, gaze down into, like, the depths or whatever, and I think there's probably, like, nine or ten levels to this library, mm-hmm. and so she's, like, trying to gaze into, like, level six, and it just, it feels like this cloying darkness that is trying to, like, draw her in and suck her in, mm-hmm. and she said it, like, kind of feels like her powers do sometimes, mm-hmm. And then, like, Gwen finds her and, like, drags her away, and she, like, is using her stone to, like, camouflage them, mm-hmm. and she's, like, I can feel, like, a curious thing, like, They describe it as almost, us. like, cat-like. Mm-hmm. Which sounds adorable, but also deeply terrifying. Yeah, so, like, I'm thinking Braxis is down there. I don't know. I feel like... The only way I could see Braxis being down there is if, like, somehow its form was, like, severely depleted after the war. But I also feel like that would have been mentioned in the war scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they couldn't find Braxis afterwards. Sure. Like, Braxis yeah. just kind of disappeared. Like, the bone carver died. The, um... What was her name? I don't know. Does it start with a W? I don't know. It was, like, the like the... Weaver? It was the, the weaver, weaver. The Weaver. Yeah, the Bone Carver and the Weaver both died during yeah, the battle. They were blasted by the cauldron. Yeah, they were. They both died. And then Braxis, like, lived, and they couldn't find, like, they didn't see Braxis after the war or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that Braxis can, like, you know, winnow or, like, transport itself somehow and, like, take whatever shape it wants to and I feel like it kind of just like redeposited itself into the library because it didn't want to leave the library no all it wanted was a window in exchange yeah. for fighting in the war yeah so like I doesn't I don't see it like taking that freedom and being like oh well I want to stay out here yeah I think it wanted to go back to the library so I think it just kind of put itself back in there possibly we'll have to see um, so Gwen saves her from that, and then Gwen is also how Nesta finds out about the Valkyrie, which are a group of female fae warriors that existed centuries ago. That's the topic of Meryl's research, and based on the, like, different sections of this book, Jess and I are predicting that Nesta becomes a Valkyrie, and she kind of, like, revives the Order of the Valkyrie. I'm thinking she's rebuilding the Valkyrie Order right now, and they're not even knowing it because she's trying to get people to sign up for it. And so they're gonna, it's going to start off as this like way to train and feel more stronger, and then they're just going to become Valkyries. Yeah. So at this point, Nesta's kind of settled into routine, and I feel like 
the physical exercise and like the routine itself are helping her because she finally sleeps in the night doesn't have the urge to like fly down the stairs and go find a drink and she mm-hmm. has nightmares so the next morning nesta doesn't show up for breakfast and cassian is worried that she's given up on training but she's just like super late because her entire body is so sore mm-hmm. which i feel on a deep level <laughs> So, at breakfast, she kind of asks Cass about Gwen, and Cass says that she was raped by Highburn soldiers after they stole a piece of the cauldron from her temple, mm-hmm. which is really sad. So, Eris requests a meeting with Cassian and Reese. He asks, as, he asks if Az has made any progress spying on Braylin, and he's like, you're wasting your time spying. He suggests that they take out the remaining human queens to end this whole affair, but Reese and Cass agree that everyone would know they did it, and it could start another epic war. Eris hints that if his father isn't taken out soon, he'll launch an attack on the Spring Court, which is basically lawless right now because Timlin is, like, refusing to come out of his beast form. So he's not really doing any, like, governing or high-lording, and he destroyed, like, his mansion, like, his manor and everything, and I'm just, like, very much, like, okay, but you're an adult. Yeah. And you're, like, an immortal. He's and growing a temper tantrum. You're being a toddler. Yeah. Okay, Tamlin, like, I'm gonna need you to grow a pair and get over your little hurt feelings that Farah chose another man because that's her freaking true mate. Yep. Like, get over yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, so, Nesta... Oh, wait, no, we already talked the next day at training, Cassian shares um, what happened to his mother with Nesta, that he was born out of wedlock and his mother was shunned for it. He was taken from her when he was only three and his mother was forced to do like heavy labor until she eventually died. Cassian wasn't old enough to like come get her and take her away and Reese wasn't high lord yet so he didn't have the power to stop it or anything. Um, and Cassian says, like, that's why he loves to train. It brings him this internal peace because training has always been there, even when every other part of his life has completely spiraled out of control. Mm -hmm. It's the one thing that he can control, and so that's what he enjoys. And he also kind of shares the fact that he brutally murdered all of, like, the men in the village where his mother died, and he's like, I don't regret it, like... There are some parts, there are some rages that can only be satisfied. And he's like, you know, like, sometimes I feel terrible about what I did, but I don't regret it. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of, I feel like he shares that to show Nesta that, like, yes, we've both done terrible things and been through terrible things, but that doesn't mean that you have to agonize over them Mm -hmm. every single day Mm -hmm. and ruin your life. Um, so, you want to stop it real quick and restart? So, that night after the discussion with his mother, they end up having some very, very heated sexual tension in the hallway. There's so much sexual tension. And they kind of have, like, some discussion, and then they both end up masturbating, and then breakfast the next morning is, like, awkward. Hella awkward. (laughs) Nesta brought a book to the table, which I love that move. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And Cassian kind of, like, runs off, and he's like, yeah, I gotta get myself under control, because this does not belong in the training ring, and it's very much, like, 
throughout his actions, you can tell that the training ring is something very sacred to him. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I can't bring sexual tension to this. I can't bring problems into this. Like, the training ring is where I work those things out. And I can't, like, ruin that for myself. Mm -hmm. So they go on to training and they move on to core work. And Nesta's like, oh, I'm down for this. And then Cassian's like, no, abs. And she's like, and then, like, there's, like, a little paragraph divider. And then it's like, I hate core work. I can't do it. Which... I'm on board with that nest. I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> They're my least favorite. Mm-hmm. And while they're training, um, Nesta asks about female Illyrian warriors, and Cassian's like, there aren't any because they can't undergo the blood rite, which is a ritual that young um, Illyrian warriors must go through. Basically, they're drugged. They're dropped in the middle of the wilderness, and they have to make it to Ramiel, which is like the sacred top of a mountain. They have a week to do it. Um, and it's not only that they're up against, like, the other people that are in the right, they're also up against, like, other monsters roaming the woods. And, mm-hmm. um, Cassian says that, uh, him, Reese, and Az touch the top of the mountain at the same time, even though they started at, like, different places. Mm-hmm. And I loved it so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the, I love the way that the blood right is explained, but it's also very, very brutal, and... Because the Illyrians are a race, they're not, like, a tribe. So within the Illyrian race, there are different tribes that settle within the mountains. And so you have, like, rival tribes and everything. And they're all, like, all of the young warriors that are, like, ready to take this right and put their thing in. They, throughout the entire week, they are, like, going up against each other. And they are trying to survive in the wilderness and like make their way to the mountain and it's basically described as throughout like the week you are making your way to the mountain Mm -hmm. and I think it's like you're dropped off quite a ways from the mountain and you have to travel there Mm -hmm. and such it kind of reminds me like naked and afraid did Mm -hmm. you watch that show no oh my brother watches that show Mm. yeah but it's very much like you have to fight the elements and the animals, and, And like, the other people. Yeah. And so. Yeah. It's a hot mess. Yeah. So, basically, the culmination And Cassian's very against this, actually. He's like, I think it's a waste of talent, like, it's a waste of life and such, Mm -hmm. and Because some Illyrians believe, like, it weeds out the weak. Mm -hmm. And Cassian's like, well, you could have trained that person more, and they might have been a great soldier, which I Mm -hmm. absolutely agree with. Yeah. So, the culmination of this conversation is when uh, Nesta asks Cassian, like, would you ever train women? He says yes, and then this is when she puts up the flyer that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, Elaine comes to visit Nesta, and Nesta's been here for a couple weeks, and Elaine has not, like, sent a letter. She hasn't ever stopped by. And Nesta is really upset with Elaine for going along with this plan and choosing favor over her, like we said before. Mm-hmm. So, she, like, lashes out at Elaine. Mm-hmm. After Elaine asks, like, are you this way because of what happened with our father? And Elaine's like, basically, basically Elaine's like, you know what, like, this was terrible. Father wasn't, like, a perfect man, but, like, I've forgiven him and moving on, and you should too. And Nesta, like, freaks out Mm -hmm. and lashes out until Elaine leaves. Yeah, and it's very, it, it makes me so sad because she's so, like, defensive of Elaine, but then she hurts Elaine worse than anyone else really has thus far. So Cassian storms in after Reese takes Elaine away and's like, what happened? 
And this is like, I want to be left alone. And when Cassie presses, she starts to climb down the stairs because she can't handle the emotions or the power that's like rising up within her. She makes it a thousand steps this time, which is pretty darn impressive. And Cass is waiting for her at the top and he basically says that he's not giving up on her. Um, Nesta changes the subject and she's like, why have none of the priestesses signed up for training? And Cass says that they're not ready. Nesta doesn't know, like, I feel like this is where we really see that, like, this training program is her, or her, like, personal redemption arc. Because she's like, if they can't recover enough to train to be better and to, like, recover, how on earth am I ever supposed to recover? Mm-hmm. And this whole time, Cassie's, like, kind of blocking her from going inside, and so she kisses him. And this is when they make out, like, horny teenagers, and mm-hmm. when they're, like, done making out, and Cassian has this moment, <laughs> Nesta pulls back, and she thinks that Cassian has, like, regret in his eyes, so then, of course, she storms off without talking to him, mm-hmm. or communicating in any way. Mm-hmm. So then, breakfast the next morning, again, it's kind of awkward. awkward. And Az is there, which just makes it, like, ten times better. Yes. Loved it. Yes. Az is um, like, so, so what's happening here? Like, what's, what's going on? What is, what does the chaperone need to be aware of? <laughs> yeah. He keeps calling himself their chaperone, and I'm totally there for I it. I would never want to be their chaperone, but yes. No. <laughs> so, at this point, Reese summons everyone, including Nesta and Cassian, to the river house. Nesta's really anxious because she doesn't want to go back there and have to defend her progress or lack thereof to anyone. And once they're there, as says that Braylon has scared off the other queens weeks ago and that she's gathering an army. Um, he also reveals that she's partnered with Koshi and is planning on finding the cauldron or a cauldron-made item to get her youth back. So <laughs> I was a little confused at this point because it said that there were three cauldron-made objects. The mask, which brings back the dead, the crown, which can mind control people, in the Dread Trove, but then they kind of go on to say that the Dread Trove is, like, the collection of these objects. Did you understand that part or no? Um, so the Trove is, like, the col- what they call the collection of them. There is the mask, the crown. I feel like they don't explain what the third item is. And I think there's a third item. Or is the third item the cauldron? Mm-hmm. Because you can um, bring the dead back to life. You can control your enemies, and I think it allows something. There's an item that allows you to open a portal to anywhere in the world. Oh, okay. So I that forget was what, what the it was, but is. that's what the third item is. Okay. So basically, Braylon is trying to track down these objects to use them to track down the cauldron because like calls to like so Feyre asked Nesta what it was like in the cauldron to kind of further their understanding of what it's like to be made and kind of like what they should be looking for in this she tries to explain but she's like really struggling with the words so Cassian kind of jumps to her defense to comfort her which is really cute Mm -hmm. and then at this point, they're like, well, we need to, we, like, we need to find these items before the other ones do, and that's when Elaine kind of comes in and says, I'll do it, I'll ha- it'll take me some time to 
basically dust off my powers and reacquaint myself with them and then her and Nesta again have a blow up Mm -hmm. and Nesta's like I won't allow you and Elaine's like I'm not a child to be allowed to do anything Mm -hmm. and then like Farah and Nesta start arguing like it and Farah's like it's Elaine's choice and then Nesta's all like I bet it was your idea to put these in your heads and you know Mm -hmm. and Elaine's like I'm not a child to be fought over and I feel like truly like the killing blow in this argument was when Elaine said to Nesta you know what I know I'll be fine because Feyre rescued me the last time we were in this position and I feel like that just like killed Nesta I feel like it was very much like a mic drop moment it was I'm and didn't so... she leave after she that? did she stormed out I'm so here for badass Elaine I'm so proud of Elaine I'm so like she's it. gotten so much more strong and independent and I love her. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then and then Nesta turns to Farrah and she's like, "Why can't you do it?" And Farrah's like, "I can't risk it. Risk it because I'm pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> We're gonna have a little baby Reese. I love it. I'm so happy. Because then, like, Nesta kind of like I don't know. They like have this conversation about how oh you can't do magic while you're pregnant and blah 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 blah. And she's like, "No, I can still like winnow and stuff, but like other magic might be too much." And, you know, I don't want to, like, harm the baby or anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Nesta's like, I guess I'll be the one to find the things because I'm not letting Elaine do it. And she, like, leaves. And then Farah kind of, like, follows her and she's like, it's a boy. And then they have this conversation about, like, Farah just wanting to connect with her sister and Nesta being like, whatever. She lit that olive branch on fire. (laughs) So it's kind of terrible. Yeah. And so then we flash to Catherine's perspective, and they're sitting in the, I wrote in my notes their little Jack and Jill sitting room instead of like a Jack and Jill bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. Um, Ava says that Nesta shouldn't cry, but Catherine thinks that they should let her. They talk about their soon to be nephew, and they're so happy. I love how happy they are. And I love, like, the conversation that follows, and Cass is, asks Azriel, and he's like, do you want kids? And Az is like, I don't know. And then Cass is like, and then Az is like, do you want kids? And Cass, like, goes on this internal monologue mm-hmm. of, like, how he never, like, had found the right person and everything, and he's like, well, duh, I want children. And how he's like, and I just, I'm imagining little daddy Cass. And it just makes me so, so happy. It was so cute. So then after this, Cassian gets up and he's like, okay, I have a score to settle with Nesta, so bye. Mm-hmm. So then he, like, goes to Nesta, he, like, knocks on her door, waits for her to, like, say she can come in, he can come in, and then, like, you know, he's, like, talking to her, and then they end up doing some stuff, and, you know. Yeah. And then he leaves. He leaves. He just, like, leaves. Yeah. He, like, gives her her moment, and then he, like, leaves. It's, like... What? <laughs> what? I was so happy with him. Were you? Yeah. I was not happy. I mean, like, I wasn't unhappy with him. I was just like... No, I was happy with him. I was like, okay, you're back on even ground. Mm-hmm. And now, like, you gotta make her come to you. That's since true. you've, like... That's true. So, the next morning, Nesta and Cassian are playing Who Can Pretend Nothing Happened for the Longest while they train with Ez. So they're doing hand-to-hand combat, and I loved this part so much because mm-hmm. Cassian says that Az has a wicked competitive streak, and like, 
for some reason, like, it makes sense with him, but also, for some reason, I was kind of thinking that Cassian would be more competitive, and Az would just kind of be like, you know what, it's a tie, like, we're done. But mm. he, like, starts telling stories of Az in the past, and how, like, these games have gone on for hours, and him and Reese would be the last two standing, and Cassian's just, like, done. See, I always imagined, like, Az having the more competitive streak, because really? Cassian's, like, more, like, fun and games, and, like, you know? I don't know. I like just he's more laid back. Snowball fight being very intense. In yeah, and as one. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. So they finished their trading, and later that day, Nesta asked Gwen about the trope, and Gwen's like, "I don't know anything about it, but I'm happy to help you, and when I have extra time." Mm-hmm. Nesta wants her to train, and she kind of confronts her about this, and Gwen says that she chose to be an acolyte, not a warrior, like so many years ago. Which I feel like I don't know. I have a lot of questions about how the philosophy of, like, not careers, but, like, what you do with your life is talked about in within the Fae realm. Because, like, the way she says it, she kind of says that, like, she chose this one thing, like, a hundred years ago, and there's no mm-hmm. going back, which seems backwards because they're mortal beings. It seems more like she chose it and she doesn't want to change. True. It's kind of what it came across to me. Yeah. So after her day, Nesta walks the stairs again to clear her head, and it gives her some clarity. So mm-hmm. a week later, Cass is summoned to the library by Clotho, and Clotho's like, look, Nesta's been practicing in the library. I've told her to stop like four times. She won't stop. Please go talk to her. And so Cass tracks her down and finds her like punching the air. She's dropping her elbow, so he's like, oh, let me correct you. And so she moves out of the aisle a little bit, and they do like a little little mini training session and unknowingly Cassian is basically giving a demo for how he would teach the priestesses if they were to train with him which was Nesta's whole plan all along. Uh Nesta if she would like pull herself out of this or just heal and go to some therapy like she would be a force to reckon with. She's going to be a force to be reckoned with by Mm -hmm. the end of this next like chap this next like part I guarantee you. I hope so. So, basically, the ending of this part is that Gwen finally signs up, and Nesta is super happy about that. So, this has been the longest... This is, like, the amount of pages that we've read so far is usually, like, the entirety of one of our book reviews. Yeah. So, this is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, a lot, a lot. And we are at, um... A little over an hour. and ten minutes at the moment, guys. So, we will most definitely be switching this into two episodes. Yeah. If not more. Yeah, if not more. I have more. a bad feeling that, like, this, the last chunk is going to be, like, it might not be that many pages, but, like, so much is going to happen that we're going to have to split it up. Yeah, I don't know. We are going to be recording this, and we will definitely be giving you guys updates on what we choose to do, so. Mm-hmm. But I think that's it for the first part, so we'll come back when we've read a little more. All I gotta do is re-click that, and it goes back. So, we're gonna cut it off here. We, after recording all of the little check-ins, we've decided that they are far too long to put them all in one episode, or even two episodes. Um, all together, the entire review actually goes for, I think, a little over three hours long. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're splitting it? Yes. So you guys have stuff to look forward to for the next couple days. <laughs> yep, so this will actually be coming out uh, Thursday, March 4th, mm-hmm. and then the next two episodes will release sequentially mm-hmm. the 5th and the 6th, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. 
So make sure you guys follow us on whatever your favorite podcasting platform is if you are listening to this in real time so you don't miss those next couple episodes. But I think that's going to wrap this first episode up. And we hope that you guys join us tomorrow for our second part of A Quarter Silver Flames.